2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting at verse 16 through 21. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who have reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and have given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them and have committed unto us the word of reconciliation now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us and we pray you in Christ's stead be ye reconciled to God for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him amen, amen. wow that's a lot we ain't, getting off. we ain't getting through all that today. Precious Lord, in the name of Jesus. The Christ, the Messiah, we say thank you. Thank you for another opportunity to hear the word of God. Make us better today. Make us understand today what it really, really, truly means to be in Christ. So that when someone asks, are you a Christian? You'll be able to say, yes, I am. And they'll say, prove it. And you'll be able to give them at least a little more than I go to church. I've been baptized. I, 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 I believe in God. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Jesus name. Amen. 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 God bless you. How about that? Second, Second Corinthians 5, fascinating verse. Here's Paul in verse, verse 16. Now, I'm going to rest my hat on 17 and 18. But Paul says in verse 16, wherefore henceforth. He goes, wherefore henceforth. Wherefore, based on everything I told you, henceforth, this is what's happening now. Henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh. Meaning, we was, we was there. Christ walked this earth. He did walk this earth in the flesh. But he says, yet now henceforth know we him no more. He's not in the flesh no more. What's the song we sing? I serve a risen Savior. He is risen. He's not walking around in the flesh no more, but he is risen. Amen. And that's powerful. We serve a resurrected God. But here where it gets interesting in verse 17, Paul says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, okay, 
We talk about in Christ a lot. All right. Being in Christ. I'm in Christ. In Christ. We, we throw the word around a lot. In Christ. In Christ. In Christ. But if you're in Christ, meaning if you're a born again Christian, you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That person. I started off with that person is two things. And then I went to that person is three things. And then I went to that person is four things. Then it went all the way to that person is six things. Now, sort of like, it might be seven, but if it's seven, we'll just bundle it. All right? All right? So if any man be in Christ, number one, he is a new creature. How about that? When I say he's a new creature, that means he is born again. Come on, man. That means that Something supernatural happened in this man or woman's life that they they were changed. Okay? They were changed. That means they 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 received Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, and they were changed. The Bible said, For our grace are you saved through faith and not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not by works. You did not do this. God done this. And now you are a new creature. And now you're going to give evidence. You're going to give evidence that you're a new creature. Imagine that. You tell somebody, you know what? I, 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 the last couple weeks, I've been going to this church. I've been hearing the word of God. And, 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 and something happened. And I'm a new creature. Somebody's going to say, prove it. Prove it. That's what the world is going to say. Okay? That's what I'm going to say. You know, they're going to say, well, you know, I'm from Missouri. Talk is cheap. Here's the first thing Paul says that happens to a new creature. Old things are passed away. How about that? Old things are passed away. Wait a minute, Paul. What are you talking about? So when Paul was writing this, when he became a new creature, he had another name. Some of y'all know his other name. His other name was Saul. He was murderous. He was cantankerous. He was angry. He hated the Christians. He hated the church. He hated anyone that ever would talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he was on his way to Damascus to kill Christians because they believed in Jesus Okay, and what did Paul? What happened to Paul? He became a new creature. He really sharing his life experience with us. He got a new name. He got a new life. God gave him a new heart. He had a new nature. Amen. All that. Paul said the same thing happened to me. Gonna happen to you. Okay. Paul. Paul never put himself on a pedestal. Said I'm something special. He's saying here that what happened to me will happen to every Christian. Okay, maybe not, maybe, maybe not the magnitude that happened to me because Paul said in 1 Timothy 1.15, he said, he said, I am the chief sinner. Paul said, I'm the worst of all. But he never said, you ain't bad. Okay, okay. So Paul, Paul came to the Lord and he said, the same thing that's happened to me is going to happen to you. You're going to get, you're going to become a new creature. Old things. 
are passed away. What are you talking about, pastor? Old things are passed away. Old thoughts, old principles, old practices, old, 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 old things that we used to do. Okay? Then he says, all things become new. Give me an example of what you're talking about. Maybe I'll use one of you as an example. I'm always glad when people come into church that I know. You know, we, we used to be bad people. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be bad no more. Let me, put it, let me just keep this real simple. No, I don't, you just don't want to be bad no more. I don't want to, I don't want to do things that's going to disappoint God. Okay? Amen. I don't want to do things that's going to disappoint God. I was, I was sharing this morning with, with the church with the church in Sunday school, and I had a, a lady whose, whose mother was sort of treated badly in the nursing home. They did some things that was kind of shady, not appropriate, not good. And her mother ended up suffering and, and having a heart attack. And she came from Columbus, and she was a woman of God. And I talked to her, and I met her in the room. I wasn't even planning on going to this nursing home today. And I just met her, and, and she was like, I'm not happy how they treated my mother here. Well, I'm not the nursing home administrator, but I know... Nursing homes are going through. All, all service industry businesses are going through because we don't have the manpower to do the service in a way that's appropriate, if that makes sense. Let me put it this way. When you have a lack of staffing, mm-hmm. your quality of service suffers, okay? Amen. But the expectation of people stays at 100%. Okay? So you may go to a restaurant, and, and there may be two restaurants, two, two waitresses, where there's normally six. And then the people don't care about that. They still want the service like there's six. Y'all get my point? So, so her mother suffered because of lack of manpower. And her expectations stay in a hundred. And I said to her, like I say to all you guys all the time, I said, talk to these people about your mother's being the way she was treated, but do it in a way that gives God glory. All right. Now I'm not saying don't 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 call them out on it, but call them out on it in a way. It shows God's grace and mercy and kindness and love. How about that? Amen. That makes sense to me. I don't know if it makes sense to you. And, 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 and again, that's how we live as Christians. When I say, when I say old things have passed away, all, all things have become new, we, we treat people different now. Our thoughts are different. Our principles are different. Our practices are different. All things become new. Okay? Well, some people might call that regenerating grace. Okay? That's a, that's, a, that's a kind of grace that the renewed man has. The renewed man lives by new principles, by new rules, and, and has new goals, and he has new company, new habits. Okay? Sort of what I mean. In Christ. Paul says, we are in Christ. And then he says, old things are passed away. And then he says, behold, all things become New and and that's the part where I said principles and practices and behaviors, the way we talk to people. We're gonna talk to them with some godly grace, okay? And all things are of God. How about that? All things are of God. Paul, 
Write it in 1 Thessalonians 1.9. And, 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 and in verse 6, he says this. In 1 Thessalonians 1, I'm going to say, look at verse 6. Now, now watch this. He's talking about being in Christ, part 2. All right? And, and in 1 Thessalonians 1, 6, Paul, Paul is going to this, to this group of people, new believers, and, and he's giving them the gospel, and now he's sharing what his experience, what happened. And he says, and you became followers of us, verse 6 of 1 Thessalonians. He said, you became followers of us and of the word, excuse me, and of the Lord. This is the part gets me. I wrestle with this kind of stuff. Having received the word in much affliction. How about that? And Pastor, what are you talking about? Having received the word in much affliction. Let me tell you something. When I received the word, a life-changing word, a word that I knew that if I believed it as being true, it was going to change my life. Do you think for a minute that the devil in me was going to receive that word without a fight. Does that make sense? I, I mean, listen, listen. A godless man or a godless woman, when you see, when you receive the word of God, and I believe this is why a lot of preachers won't preach the word of God because they don't want they don't want to upset people. Okay. They don't want people throwing the Bible at them. You know, the Bible's behind the pews. Me like ducking. The preacher be ducking. Because when you hear the word of God, you hear it in much affliction, meaning there's going to be a war in that soul. Amen. There's going to be a war in that soul. There's going to be a battle in that soul because the devil does not want to hear the word of God. And the devil don't want you getting saved. Why? Because he got a nice, warm body. Mm-hmm. He got a nice, warm body. How many like moving? How many like moving? Let me tell you something. There's nothing worse. There's nothing more stressful. Moving is the one of the most stressful things you could do. Think about it. You get a truck and got to call some of your friends. You got to move, break down beds, all that kind of stuff. Is there anything worse? I don't, you know, I'm not moving. I'm already like, next time I move, I'm going to heaven. Because there is too much stuff in that house. Cindy and I have been in that house for 20 years. Listen, every room is packed. I don't know what Karina going to do with all that stuff. All right? But here's my point. Here's my point. If, if Satan been living in your body all them years, and you talking about hearing the word of God, the preacher didn't preach the gospel to you, now you're going to change. I'm going to be a new creature. Let me tell you something. Satan going to put up his dukes. He's going to say, over my dead body. And he's going to fight you to the finish. He's going to fight you to the finish. He's going to battle with you. And you're going to sit here and you're going to struggle with this thing. You're going to struggle with this thing. See, this is, what, this is why I, I, I don't like people coming to the Lord real quick, coming to the Lord real quick, getting saved. No, no, no. You better, you better wrestle with that thing for a little while. You need to know what you're getting into. I, I believe the problem is, folks, folks, you know, they come to church and the choir going, the choir going, and, and they, well, I'm getting saved today. And don't know what they didn't sign up for. Because Satan ain't told you he wanted to get saved. And no matter of fact, Satan will never tell you he wanted to get saved. Matter of fact, Satan ain't never getting saved. And you became followers of us. First Thessalonians 1, 6. 
and of the Lord. Uh-oh. Having received the word, meaning you received the word as truth in much affliction. But when the battle was over, this is where he gets in. When the battle was over, watch what Paul says. When the battle was over, he says this, with joy of the Holy Ghost. How about that? With joy of the Holy Ghost. Cause, let me tell you something. Satan cannot contend with the power of the Holy Ghost. Satan cannot contend with the power of the Holy Spirit. He's going to lose. You may go through it a little bit, but in the end, the joy of the Holy Ghost. And then after they receive the Lord, after they receive the word of God, much affliction and the joy of the Holy Ghost. Here we go. Always with Paul. Always with Paul. When you study Paul and he wrote two thirds of the New Testament, he always gives you and he always gives you evidence of a changed life. He will always give you evidence of a changed life. There is no there is no Christianity without the evidence of a changed life. Most people, most people you talk, I'm a Christian. Okay? Prove it. Prove it. Be like, oh, Pastor. There's a story. Story they were trying to convict. They were trying to convict a man. Now, I'm going to leave a man alone today. They were trying to convict a woman of being a Christian. They were going to put her in jail for being a Christian. And her attorney was representing her. And he, he said, she ain't a Christian. And they said, well, call her co-workers in. And they called her co-workers in. And they said, this woman ever gave any evidence of being a Christian? And co-workers say, no, she never gave any evidence of being a Christian. She, she, she do everything we do. She ain't never came in here. We ain't never seen her reading the Bible. We ain't never seen her praying. We ain't never seen her hand out a track. We ain't, she, no, she's not Christian. See? That's what Paul means. If you're a child of God, God bless you. If you're a child of God, you're going to show some signs. Watch what happens here. Verse, one, verse 6. And ye became followers of us, and the Lord, having received the word of God in much affliction, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And then verse 7. And you were examples. You were, an, you were examples to all that believed in Macedonia. In Achaia. I mean, they took the word of God everywhere, everywhere they went. And he says, forefront, you sounded out the word of the Lord. Verse eight, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God word was spread abroad so that we need not speak anything. Paul would go to them places where he thought there would be heathens that didn't know the word of God. But these Thessalonian believers had already been there and the people knew everything they needed to know about the Lord. Paul could take him a little break. How about that? How about that? That's good. That's interesting to me. That's interesting to me. Remember the story about Zacchaeus? And Zacchaeus wasn't no good. He was a short little man. They say he was a Jew. And he wasn't no good. He robbed people. He was a tax collector. Matter of fact, the Bible says he was chief tax collector. That means he got rich. He got rich robbing people. And then he ran down the road. He heard Jesus was coming and he ran down the road and hid into a sycamore tree. I'm in Luke 19. OK, he hid into a sycamore tree to see Jesus for he was to pass that way. OK, 
Now, verse 5 is interesting in Zacchaeus' life because, again, what happened to Zacchaeus happens to all of us. You know, salvation ain't, it's not indifferent. You're not going to have a different salvation than another person. We all saved by grace through faith and not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. That's standard. But here's Zacchaeus. Dirty old man. Tax collector. How many, how many in here waiting? Can't wait till April 15th come to pay their taxes. How many here like got it circled in their calendar? Man, April 15th is coming. I get to pay my taxes. I get to, I get, to get robbed by the government. Anybody here excited about that? I, I was just, a week, couple weeks ago, I was somewhere, and I'm like, you know, I, I, I make my money. You get your check, they tax it, right? Here's the part I don't understand. Now, when I go to buy something with the money you already taxed, uh-huh. the stuff I buy, they tax. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting here like, that's crazy. And if I go... Okay, here's Zacchaeus. Bad little little conniving eternal uh, revenue guy. People don't walk around bragging, I work for eternal revenue. Nobody, no, you don't ever hear that. There's, there's a lot of people who work for eternal revenue. Anybody here ever met somebody who worked for eternal revenue? They don't talk about it. They say, what do you do for a living? Ah, I work for the government. <laughs> it's nothing to brag about. Listen. Verse 5 in Luke 19. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him. How about that? And saw him. Saw this little rotten scandal of a man that everybody in the town hated. That's been robbing everybody. Now, remember, let me give you a little history on tax collectors. And he was a Jew. Okay. He was a Jew. His name was Zacchaeus. You know, anybody call, you know, Zach or anything like that. They usually Jewish people in that day. He was Zacchaeus. And, 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 and he was a tax collector, meaning he taxed other Jews for the government of Rome that was depressing the Jews. And so here's how the tax collecting business worked back then. And, and again, don't get me wrong. If, 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 if I'd have been back in that days, I probably would have been working for Zacchaeus unsaved because I, would, I didn't have no scruples. I didn't have no consciousness, okay? I was just, you know, whatever it takes to get that money. So Zacchaeus... Zacchaeus would show up at your door, tax collecting time. And so the government would say, well, you need to get $50 from everybody. And whatever you get above the $50 is yours. So Zacchaeus would knock on your door and say, knowing that all he needed to get a government on your behalf was 50. And maybe he said, oh, okay, I'll get five for myself, 55. You, know, you owe me 55, 50 for the government, I take five because somebody got to do it. No, Zacchaeus knock on your door, it's, it's 150. Okay, he knocked on your door. It's 150. All right. And behind him, he had some Roman guards. So you, you know, and you got to give up the 150. And he got filthy, filthy rich doing it. Okay. Now, Jesus, in verse 5, looked up. Not many times in the Word of God where Jesus looked up to anybody and looked up and saw him and said unto him, Called him something he probably been called in a lot of years. His real name. Okay, we got a whole lot of names we call tax collectors, you know. And and Jesus called him Zacchaeus, which probably caused Zacchaeus by surprise. 
Huh? Somebody call me Zacchaeus? How did Jesus even know his name? Well, how, I know how Jesus knew his name because Jesus knows everybody's name. Jesus knows everybody's name in here. He knows everybody's business in here, okay? I don't know everybody's business in here, but Jesus knows everybody's business in here, and he knows everybody's name in here. He don't have to write down names on paper like I do, okay? Just to try to remember. He knows everybody's name. And he says, Zacchaeus, make haste. Okay? Now, I want to suggest it on Jesus' part. Come down, for today I must abide at thy house. Now, listen, let me tell you something. Some of us in here live pretty, try to live pretty good lives. Okay? But we don't want Jesus to come to our house. All right? Not, let me go home and make me go home and turn off the internet. And let me go home and turn off. Let me go home and turn off. Adam know what I'm talking about. Let me go home and turn off that. Okay? <laughs> then you can come. I'll call you when I got everything cleaned up. Let me hide all my number slips and everything. And all my Medea videos. Some other stuff. He didn't do that. Watch. Watch verse 6. And he made haste, Zacchaeus, and came down and received him joyfully. This is, what, this is where I think a lot of, lot of folks make the mistake. There's a lot of folks living evil and living wrong that want out. They want out. They don't know how to get out. But I know how to get them out. The word of God gets them out. And that's where I think preachers go wrong. They don't want to challenge people. They don't want to call them out. Okay? They want to tickle their ears. Folks want to get out of sin. Amen. They want to get out of sin. Okay? And, 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 and he made haste and came down and received him joyfully, meaning Jesus gave him the business. Let's read a little between the lines. Jesus gave him the business. Jesus gave him something to make him happy, to make him joyful. And he, he received him with joyfully. Okay? And when they saw it, his buddies, this is what I mean when you come to the Lord and there's going to be some affliction. Your, your buddies don't want you getting saved. All right. When I got saved, it was a sad day. It was a sad day for all my buddies. All right. Because, you know, you lose, you know, you lose, you lose one of the guys that got some, got some money in their group. You know, that's a bad thing. You know, can't abuse him no more. He got saved. Lord, help us. We got to find somebody to take his place. Listen. And when his friends saw it, they murmured, saying that he was gone to be the guest with a man that is a sinner. Let me tell you something. Whoever, whoever house Jesus go to, he's going into the house of a sinner. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, watch what happened to Zacchaeus. Now, remember what I just said. Anytime somebody gets saved in the Bible, there's always evidence of it. It's not like today. Somebody, you, you go to all these, you leave here and go to all these and say, how you doing? You know, and they say, you know, I'm doing all right. They say, let me ask you a question. Are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Okay? 30 seconds later, they cussing somebody out in the line because it's 12 items or less that somebody got 15. Mm -hmm. Watch this now. Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, he's going to give evidence that he's saved. Behold, the half of my goods I give to the poor. Folks, he stole it from. 
And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, which was been all his stuff, he said, I restored unto them fourfold. Okay? That wasn't the law. The law was just restored twice. But he said, I'll do double that. He was a bad man. And he knew it. But when salvation came, he became a new creature. He became, he became new in Christ. And then, he, then Jesus said, after he's seen it, he said this about Zacchaeus, verse 9. And Jesus said unto him, this day salvation has come to this house. Okay? For so much as he also is a son of Abraham. Let me, let me, let me, let me share a couple of more with you. And I'm, I'm not going to be long. Okay. Um, when you become a Christian, you are adopted into the family of God. How about that? Now, when I do a little research on this, Cindy and I have been on foster care and adoption for almost 30 years. And right now, there's 3,300 children in Ohio that's waiting to be adopted. Okay? 3,300. Okay? And when you adopt somebody, when you adopt a kid, you adopt all their issues. Okay? You, you adopt their abusive life. You adopt the fact that they've been neglected. You adopt the fact that they've been in numerous homes and rejected. You adopt all that. When you bring them into your home, when we bring these kids into our home, we would bring all that into our homes. Okay? And it was rough. It was difficult. You know, you bring them kids, and some of you guys that's been here with us long enough, long for a long time, we were bringing the church with us. And it was a, you could tell, I know y'all was praying for us when we had some of them kids, okay? I remember one of the kids we had, he, he, if there was something, if there was an, an, an impardonable sin or that a kid could commit, he committed it. He committed it, and he came to me. He came to me and said, Mr. Key, Mr. Key. I said, listen, man, let me tell you something, what you never do. You never call my Miss Cindy a, the B word. He called Cindy the B word. Oh, my God. I thought she was going to kill him. I ain't seen that side of Cindy. I never seen that. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Now, what do you want me to do? I'm not losing my wife fooling with you. He turned out to be one of our one of our favorite ones, but I said he never done that again. Never done that again. I mean, he probably never called a woman that the rest of his life. Um, <laughs> but here's my point. Here's my point. When we adopted, when we adopt a kid, or when we are adopted, and we were adopted as children of God, we were adopted. And, and the Word of God says in Ephesians one five, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will. What happens when we are adopted into God's house? What happens? Second Peter, I believe, calls it. We've been called out of darkness. We've been called out of darkness. Into his marvelous life. But, but I like this one. I like this one. Okay? In, in, in John 1, the Bible is talking about being adopted in a different kind of way. But John says, he came unto his own, 
and his own received him not. Talking about Jesus coming to the Jews. But as many as received him, okay, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Now let me stop right there for a minute, just for a second. When you come to the Lord, and I, now I've said it over and over, and the theme of this text is being in Christ. When you come to the Lord, and to me, there's nothing worse than a powerless Christian. That's what you're talking about. When you come to the Lord, the evidence that you've come to the Lord is that he has given you power to become the sons and daughters of God. So, so when you come to the Lord, you come with power. Seriously, you come with power. What kind of power, pastor? Power to do the will of God. Power to live in a godless world. Power to do some supernatural stuff. Amen. That's all I can read in it. So when you come to the Lord, don't leave. Don't leave without power. Okay? Think about like you going, you got your kids in the car, and, and, and they, 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 they want to go to McDonald's for a happy meal. They don't care about their hamburger. They really don't care about their french fries. Okay? You ask them whether you want milk or juice, they don't care. But you pull up out of there, and they, they forgot to put that toy in that, in that happy meal. Okay? You ought to be lucky Chick-fil-A don't have happy meals because you had to go all the way back in that line. What's my point? When you come to the Lord. You say, I'm coming to the Lord. Pastor, I'm coming to the Lord. You better make sure he gives you power. Because you're not going to be able to stay. Amen. Okay? You're not going to be able to stay in the Lord without power. Because we got stuff going on. And we need power to deal with the stuff. The stuff that's going to confront us. Sword went out to sow seeds. The sword went out to sow seeds. And he sold one seed on hard ground. And the birds came and got a man. The man or woman didn't want nothing to do with it. They didn't want nothing to do with the word of God. Then the second seed landed on stony ground. The Bible said it landed on stony ground. And the roots went down. The roots went down, okay? But, you know, you ever go to marks of somewhere and buy the little plants? You got to take it out of that. You got to take it out of that and put it on some good ground. If you leave it in that pot, it's going to wither away because the roots ain't got nowhere to go. See, that's the type of a Christian who, who hear the word of God, it's a happy day, and they don't, they don't transplant into some good ground. And the Bible said the sun came, and, 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 the, and the wind blew, and that little plant just withered up and died. So, so many Christians, so many Christians just wither up and die. I walk around, I see some withered up Christians. Ain't nothing worse than me seeing a withered up Christian. I'm like, you a withered up Christian. Ain't got no power. Ain't got no ambition, no desire for a Bible study, no desire to pray, no desire to sing, no desire to do anything. You just a Christian. Mm -hmm. The third one, and this is where I think a lot of folks fall in. This is where I think a lot of folks fall in the third category. And then they, they get the third one, and, they, and, and it's sown among the thorns. The thorns is just stuff, okay? Just stuff. I mean, everything, I mean, so much going on in your life, you know, you, you, 
I, I wish Jake could come up here and finish this for me. He know what I'm getting ready to say. Yeah, stuff going on, man. You got a party over here, party over there. Wasn't that a song back in the day? Party over here, party over there. You know, and, and you just get so busy. The world have you so busy. So busy hopping over here, hopping over there. You ain't got time to pray. Ain't got time to read the Bible. I don't got time to sit and do a daily devotion. You ain't got, Lord, you ain't got time to do a Bible study or a Sunday school lesson. You ain't got, he's just busy, 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 busy. Robert said that, and, and, and that kind of person, the word, the, the cares of the world just chokes them, chokes them, chokes them. They like going to the big churches. Them guys go to the big churches, okay? They can hide in the big church. You stay here long, you're going to do something. Amen. You're going to do something, see? I'll put it out there, I'll put it out there, you know, you're going to do something, all right? If you just come out here and change the lights. Pray when I, you know, I'm, Jake. Jake pulled up here a little late. He's going. He's going to pray. He's going to pray today. Amen. Okay. See, yeah, yeah, that's my point. When you come to the Lord, He gives you power, power to overcome that, power to get up out of that pot and find some good ground to get planted in. Amen. Power. You're gonna have to be supernatural. Folks ain't gonna even believe. They gonna. They gonna. I don't even believe it. They gonna see some stuff you doing. They're not gonna even believe it. And you can't take credit for. You can only be thankful for. And you can only be thankful for. And I, and I would, I would ask anybody in here, at sound of my voice, whatever sermon audio. Listen, if you're struggling, if you're weak, you feel like you're not, you're not, you're not strong for the Lord. Ask God for some power. He give that out graciously. Amen. He's a God of power. He's a powerful God. God, I need some power. What happened to the power I gave you? You got saved. I don't know what happened to it. And if you define it, because it's still good. Amen. It's still good. He gave us power. Watch. And as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. Now watch. Even to them that believe on his name. What's he talking about? It's hard to believe on his name. It's hard to believe on his name. It ain't easy to believe on Jesus. And you need power from God to believe on him. Say, God, give me faith to believe. Give me faith to believe what this man is saying. Okay? Some folks too smart. Some people too smart to believe. And, and, and I don't mean you got to have a college doctorate degree. You can just be too smart. Paul says this. I ain't getting far today. I can talk about being in Christ. I guess I can talk about being in Christ for about a month and a half, two months. Watch this. Watch this. 1 Corinthians one twenty one. Is that important? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. You know, you're not going to ever be smart enough to know God. Okay. You know all the politics. You got your favorite politician. You got you a part of this party or that party. You can be at a tea party or whatever. They ain't talking about God. They ain't talking about God. Watch this. It pleased God. It pleased God. By the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Let me tell you something. I go go places, a lot of places, and preach and teach. People say, I ain't ever heard like that. Because most people ain't foolish enough 
to preach the foolishness of preaching. Y'all get my saying? Most 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 folks want to. They look around the crowd. They want to. They want to. They people pleasers, not God pleasers. And you want you want to be a God pleaser. You got to preach the foolishness of God. What is the foolishness of God? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, wait a minute, Pastor. What do you mean believe? You want me to believe that foolishness that a man was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, walked. 33 and a half years on this earth, never sinned and was crucified on Calvary's cross and was buried in a borrowed tomb and rose on the third day. You want me to believe that foolishness? Well, 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 I'm just telling you what the word of God says. Okay, let me read it to you one more time. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom, by worldly wisdom, knew not God. And it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Whew. Whew. Yeah, you got to believe all that if you're going to be in Christ. All right? If you're going to be in the family of God, you got to believe all that. You got to believe all that. Well, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Because I don't even want to get started on redemption. I don't want to get started on redemption. We'll do redemption next week. If you're here, we'll do redemption. Because we need to know what it means to be redeemed. No, I don't even hear this no more. You know what I hear the last two weeks? T.D. Jakes. Cat Williams. I ain't no, no Cat Williams. And Hollywood. and I, 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 None of that going to save nobody. None of that gonna save nobody, okay? And preachers, preachers been bad a long time. This TDJs ain't the first one. Second Corinthians eleven said, you know, Satan disguises himself as ministers of darkness. How about that? Ministers of the light or whatever, whatever. Precious Lord, in the name of Jesus, I say thank you this morning. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for the foolishness of preaching. Yes, Lord. Thank you for the foolishness of preaching. Thank you for making me and all Christians that believe the word of God new creatures. Thank you for passing some stuff away. Thank you for taking some stuff away that, that you knew and I didn't know that was bad, horrible for me. Thank you, Father God, for reconciling us to Jesus Christ. Thank you for seeing some good in me that I never saw in myself. Thank you for adopting me into your family with all my mess, with all my craziness, with all my mental illness, with all my bitterness and hatred, you, did, you took me in and made me one of your own. And not only did you do that, you gave me power to be a son of God. Father, I can't thank you enough. In Jesus' name, in Jesus name. Amen. amen.